Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Great. So Manoli Lagos, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. You are a wellness consultant that got certified through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which I've heard so many good things about in the States. And you have your new and upcoming and like great business that I've been looking at on social media called The Living Fuel, where you work with clients. Um, and yeah, I just like, I welcome to the show. And I also just want to briefly say that I read your bio on your website and you went through health issues in your 20s, which kind of got you down this path of holistic health and biohacking. And it's very similar to actually how I got started in it as well of like, you went to different doctors and it didn't work out. And then you kind of took ownership of your own health and really made it for yourself. So I'd love to just like dive into that with you um, and start there. So yeah, if you could just explain kind of your health story and how you got started with all of this. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you for the introduction. Um, so yeah, my health story began in college. Um, it started when I left my home. My name's Manoli, so it's a very Greek name. I came from a Greek home where my mom was cooking healthy food my whole life. So once I made that transition into college, I went from home-cooked meals to cafeteria food, and my body really didn't know how to respond to that. So I got sick, and I was getting sick every month for the first few months of my freshman year. And I was getting tonsillitis, strep throat reoccurring, and I was going to the on-site campus health center getting uh, medication, mostly antibiotics. And I went on four or five rounds of antibiotics. And after it came back the fourth or fifth time, I was like, something's up. I need to actually see what's going on here. So that's when I started looking into holistic medicine and specifically Chinese medicine. And I was connected with this great doctor, Dr. Holly out of Clearwater, Florida, who's now um, moved on elsewhere. But she was the one who kind of opened my eyes to food as medicine and herbs as medicine. Um, so the first thing she did on me was a gut test, which I had never had done before. Um, and I did my first stool test. And she also got me on herbs and basically found out a couple of things. The first one was that I had an intolerance to gluten. And I didn't even know what gluten was at the time. But I knew that my school diet was loaded with it. So I, I immediately um, got off the school meal plan, used that money to start buying groceries and start cooking my own food as a freshman, um, which, you know, most, most kids don't do that until they graduate college or until a little bit later in their life. So for me, that kind of jump-started the whole process into me realizing that, hey, food is not just uh, to fill you up and to give you energy. Food is actually medicine. So that, that was kind of the first epiphany I had of many epiphanies in my life. Um, the later one came um, when I was working um, for PwC. So yeah, that's that's kind of how it all started. And that's what kind of got me into realizing that there's so much more to health than just working out and juicing. Um, so that that kind of was was the first step for me. 
Yeah, that's so funny you say that because so many people do not realize that and just have no idea the power that your food actually has um, and how it actually builds you up or it can break you down if you're not eating the right types of food. So that's just so amazing you went through that journey and you mm-hmm. figured that out for yourself, mm-hmm. especially at such a young age where most people, like you said, are eating cafeteria food, you know, partying a lot, doing all sorts of things at the yep. time. Yep. So the clients that you work with in your business now, are they, did they go through a similar path to that or what, like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I do two types of work. I do corporate work. And I also do private wellness consulting and health coaching. So the corporate side of the business, I'm working with small to medium-sized businesses, helping them maintain a healthy employee population while lowering their healthcare cost by reducing risk. So that's through group coaching, workshops, one-on-one coaching with their executive groups. And then on the private side, I work with a, a pretty big mix of people from Olympic athletes to everyday people to families. Um, to people like me and you, young professionals, entrepreneurs, people who just want to perform and feel better every day. That's really the type of person that I'm looking for is someone who's motivated and someone who just wants to optimize their life on a daily basis. Um, so I, I do work with a lot of bankers, consultants, people who work long hours, who really are motivated to make change, but they just don't know what to do and how to make some small changes every day that can have a big impact on their sleep on how they feel, on their energy levels, um, and all the, all the other important pillars of wellness. So I, I work with a variety of people, but with my background being a consultant working for PricewaterhouseCoopers for four and a half years, those are the people that I can relate to the most, um, and, and also athletes, because I do, I do have a, a background in sports, and I love working with athletes as well. Yeah, that's like quite a wide range of people that you work with, mm-hmm. but... I would love to dive into working with professionals because that's a lot of the audience that I have and similar to the clients that I see. So in terms of like signs and symptoms with these professional women and men that you're dealing with, like what are the common ones that you see? Like, is there a common thing that everyone seems to be dealing with in some in some manner? Yeah, I think, you know, as a result of the of the demands of a corporate environment, a lot of people are suffering from chronic fatigue, burnout, and um, I would say mental focus and energy. So I, I, I really attribute that to mitochondrial decline. So I think a lot of people are suffering from their mitochondria in their body not functioning properly. So they're getting symptoms like brain fog, forgetfulness. Um, crashes, um, maybe maybe their endocrine system or the thyroid slightly out of whack. Um, so so those are kind of all the things that I contribute to that. Um, and most people come to me just because, like I said, they want to feel better, they want to perform better, they don't want to rely on stimulants or uh, medications like Adderall to just wake up and feel normal. Um, and obviously, as a side effect of that, um, comes weight loss, comes aesthetics, um, comes losing body fat, and just feeling. Um, like a more uh, highly functioning human. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. So in terms of mitochondrial function or dysfunction, now you, you mentioned the different signs and symptoms that people are having, but 
Like, where do you even begin with that? That is such a massive thing to try and help with. So like, how, how do you start with clients? Um, and then maybe if you could even go into like something that the listeners could do today to support mm-hmm. their mitochondria. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I really think, as you mentioned, you know, there's, there's quite a few pillars to wellness, right? So there's the nutrition part, sleep, energy, um, movement, right? Um, not just working out. I like to classify that as movement in general. Um, there's uh, relationships, there's career. So there's, there's quite a few different elements of wellness. Um, but I think there are a couple that might have a little bit more priority in the beginning. And I really love to start with looking at people's diet. What are they eating? And then finding a way to customize a meal plan or a nutrition plan to that person and to their lifestyle. So I love to start with food because I think food is medicine. Food is fuel, right? Finding what fuels them. Um, I think that's a good building block. And then I like to look at things like sleep, stress, um, even relationships, um, and then definitely tie movement in there, making sure they're getting movement into their daily routine and not just in the form of the gym. It could be as simple as switching to a standing desk for a few hours during the daytime, taking the flight of stairs instead of taking the elevator, walking to work, commuting to work on a bike. So I just help people find ways to get movement into their routine. But like I said before, I really think nutrition is the building block for everything else. Um, and once we get that in order, then we can focus on those other pillars of wellness. Right, exactly. That's It's so crazy because that's exactly, not exactly, but so similar to what I work with clients on. Um, and that's just what biohacking is, is holistic health exactly like that. Like it looks at everything that makes your mitochondria function better and make mm-hmm. you function better. Yep. So for everyone listening, like where can they start right now today? Like how like just listening to all these different pillars, what is something that tangible that they can actually do today or right now? Yeah. So for everyone listening, um, let's talk mitochondria real quick. 101. The mitochondria are the little energy producing units in each of your cells. Your body has billions of them. If they were to stop working, you would die within seconds. Um, so they're really important in how you feel and how you age. And as you get older, your mitochondria become less functional and they, they just decline in general and you have less of them. So there's a lot of things we can do to help keep them from declining and to keep them strong as we age. Um, so one easy one that I'm sure your listeners have heard of is intermittent fasting. And I think that's a good building block pretty much that most people, um, I recommend this to pretty much everyone. And it looks a little bit different for men um, as it does for women. So, mito, uh, so mitochondria, they... When you fast, right, you're giving your body a break, whether it's 16 hours, you're giving your digestive system a break from eating. And what that does is it allows your mitochondria to tap into a process, what's called autophagy. I'm sure you've heard of it. And that's when your mitochondria get to get rid of cellular waste and toxins in the body. And if you're constantly eating throughout the day and you're grazing, your mitochondria don't get a chance to tap into that autophagy process because they have to worry about digesting food. Um, so in, in short, fasting is one of the easiest hacks that I think anyone can start with tomorrow because it's free. It saves you time, right? Because most people start by just skipping breakfast and waiting till lunch to eat. So it saves you time, energy, planning. Um, and it's one of those things that I think 99.9% of people can benefit from with the exception of pregnant women and people with a pre-existing thyroid issue. Right. So 
I totally, yeah, I agree with you. Um, what about females who, because fasting for females and males can look very different because females have a delicate hormone balance. And sometimes when women over fast or it's just too much for the body, it's too stressful, um, and it can cause like hormonal imbalances. So with female clients that you have, do you still recommend the traditional fast, like intermittent fasting, like 16 hours, eight hours, or do you change it um, to respect like the hormones in that way? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So females have about a 30 day cycle, right? Their hormones are on a 30 day balance and males are on a 24 hour cycle. So our testosterone peaks in the morning, then falls off at night. So two different cycles. So yes, it is really important to take a different perspective um, when it comes to female fasting. And I really like to start them easy with a 12-hour fast, which is pretty much what most people are doing naturally already. So that could be 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., not having any calories. So once I get their body used to that, then I can start implementing what's called the crescendo fast, which is where essentially you do two days of 12-hour fast, and then you do one day of a 16-hour fast. And I like to see how their body responds to that. If they feel great, if they feel more energized, if they feel like they're firing on a better, higher level, then um, we can go from there. But I like to start easy with women, and I don't just jump right into the 16, traditional 16-hour fast like I do with men. Um, and I like to see how their body responds to it as well before I make any additional changes. Totally. Yeah, that's that's a great way to do it. I also recommend for clients to assess where they are in their hormonal menstrual cycle because there are different phases of the month that respond better to fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost easier for women to fast during that time. It doesn't feel like um, they're depriving their bodies. So yeah, you definitely have to take into account female hormones, which I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you're doing that. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of these like busy professional men and women that you're helping, what obstacles do you think they face, number one? Um, like what are their what are their obstacles that are, are prohibiting them from reaching optimal health? Like other than just like having this career, like 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 I'm sure you have these like deep discussions of their lives. So I'm just so curious to see what they say. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's a couple of of issues or challenges that I see that they face, um, and and one is really not doing much to optimize their sleep. So we can we can get into some sleep hacks in a second. Um, but I was a consultant, so I know what it's like. Usually, the the typical week as a consultant is you travel Monday to Thursday, and you stay in a hotel room. So your sleep environment gets completely changed week in and week out. So whether that's excess artificial light coming into your hotel room, whether that's disturbances, when your body is in a new environment, your brain has difficulty shutting down and sleeping because your natural instinct is to stay awake and protect yourself. So switching your environments week in and week out causes stress on your sleep in itself. Plus you're traveling, right? So you have to deal with the blue light on the TV from the airplane. Um, So there's so much stress put on our bodies from a sleep perspective that you get as a consultant or a banker. And plus, on top of that, usually you're working late hours and you're staring at your computer screen. So I think one of the easiest places to start is assessing the quality of my client's sleep um, when it comes to 
um, traveling or being a busy professional. Right. And so what are your top biohacks for sleep then? Yeah. So um, blue light, are you familiar with what blue light is? Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so, so blue light is essentially for those people that don't know, it's the same light that comes from the sun. It's actually good for us. Um, but our bodies um, do well with blue light in the morning. And as the day goes on, as we're exposed to blue light, it can suppress the way our melatonin is, is uh, actually produced in the body. So we want blue light in the morning because it signals to wake up and it signals for our body to produce cortisol and all the things that we need to feel good and awake. Um, so a couple of blue light hacks that I recommend most people do um, is get a pair of blue light glasses. There's so many good companies out there from Felix Grey to True Dark, Amber, Uvex. There's so many good ones out there. The list goes on. Um, and those are typically something that I recommend people throw on after the sun sets. And that way you can work on your computer or look at your phone without getting exposed to blue light. So that helps prepare your body for sleep. There's also great blue light software people can install on their computers like the app Flux, F.L-U-X. It's a free download and it aligns your computer with the geographic location that you live in. So it, um, t- it kind of primes your circadian rhythm on a daily basis and it dims the blue light as the day goes on as the sun sets so that's an easy hack people can implement and then there's an accessibility shortcut that um, you can get on your iphone that's free it's already built into your software and that allows people to block blue light completely from their phones so blue light i think is one of the easiest places to start and then i take a look at other things like caffeine i believe everyone should have a caffeine curfew And a lot of times I notice people are having a second cup or third cup of coffee at 5 or 6 p.m. And they don't really see how that correlates to sleep Um, because they say, hey, you know, I can have a cup of coffee at 6 or 7 and I fall asleep just fine. Maybe you are falling asleep just fine. But what that cup of caffeine is doing is that it's actually impacting the quality of your sleep. And maybe it's it's allowing you to get less deep sleep than you naturally should be getting. So... Um, it's not all about how much sleep. It's also about the quality of the sleep. So I, I take my clients through a sleep assessment. We just touched on two, two of the pillars, um, caffeine and blue light. Um, but there's a whole, a whole host of other things that I like to kind of check and see if I can poke holes into their daily routine and then make recommendations for them um, to kind of fix those or improve on those habits. Yeah, I love that. I am definitely a fan of blue blocking glasses. Yeah. And honestly, once you start using them, going back to not using them, you are just like, how did I ever do this? It is so bright. Right, right. Like, yeah, I feel blinded. Honestly, yeah, I feel blinded. Every night if I'm watching Netflix or whatever I'm doing, I have all the lights in my apartment go red because yes. I have like light right. bulbs that change color. Smart bulbs. Yeah. yeah. And then yep. uh, blue blocking glasses. And then I have flux on. And I turn my phone red too because I have that shortcut. Everything is red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think um, another like easy sleep hack that anyone can start doing right now um, for free is aligning your circadian rhythm by either watching the sunrise or sunset. Even if you can just do it once a week, it's going to do wonders for your body um, just because it helps your body hone in on the circadian rhythm and it really just helps realign it. So it kind of can take away some of the damaging effects of the excess blue light and junk light that we're exposed to on a daily basis. So I try to I try to watch it at least every other day, at least the sunset. And I know a lot of us are working from home now. 
with the lockdown and the quarantine. Um, so now's a really good time that I think most people can do that and afford to do that. Totally. Do you track your sleep through a sleep tracker device? Yeah. So I use the Aura Ring. Um, you, I'm sure you've heard of the Aura, right? Yeah, I have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have one. It's great. I think that's a really awesome tool to quantify your sleep. For the people that don't want to spend um, $300 on a ring that tracks their sleep, um, even though I'd highly recommend it, is a free option is the Sleep Cycle app, um, which is really great. And that is essentially a microphone that tracks your movement and breathing throughout the night. And you just put it next to your bed um, and it works with your phone on airplane mode. And it um, essentially will track your cycles and it will also wake you up. So say you set your alarm at 8 a.m., it will wake you up between 7.30 and 8 a.m. based on when it gauges that you're in your lightest stage of sleep. So it'll wake you up naturally and it won't just jolt you out of bed in your deep sleep, which is really great because you wake up feeling energized. And then it also gives you a sleep score based on um, how many sleep cycles you went through and how your breathing and movement was throughout the night. So it's a pretty cool free app that if anyone wants to improve and quantify their sleep, that's a good place to start, sleep cycle. That's so interesting. I need to look at that yeah. because I'm curious what the data is compared to my aura ring, like how accurate it is. I would say they usually match up and I'll say that the aura ring is a little bit more critical of my sleep than the sleep cycle app. So if I have a 95 on my sleep cycle app, maybe my aura is like an 80 or 85. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many sleep trackers that are coming out now. Um, yeah. Which is awesome. I actually just, just as a side note, I just recently saw a new ring coming out. Um, I forget the name of it, but it had this function that similar to what your app does is it vibrates as your alarm in the morning based on where you are in your sleep cycle. So your hand would just slightly vibrate and wake you mm. up and like pull you out of sleep at the right moment, which would be so cool. Yeah. Um, and I would love my aura ring to do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool because then you're getting woken up even a little bit more gently without noise. I think that would be a really awesome kind of yeah. physical way to kind of start your day. Yeah. That's cool. And then so in terms of nutrition for sleep, um, I work – what works for me is that I have to be very careful of – like we talked about with the fasting, like the last time I eat before I sleep. Mm -hmm. So if I eat too close to when I go to bed – it definitely impacts my sleep quality. Yep, yep. Um, so I try and do about three hours before I actually go to sleep. Is that what you recommend or, or what have you found? Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. That's definitely one of the things that I assess with my clients is that um, that portion of their eating schedule. And I, I recommend at least two hours before bed, try to cut your calories out. Three hours is even better. Four hours is even better than that. Um, and the reason is pretty simple, right? If you have a, a steak in your stomach, your body has to prioritize digesting that over um, sleep. So it's going to impact the quality of your sleep. You might be able to fall asleep fine, but um, having food in your stomach too close to bedtime is definitely going to take away from your body's resources during your sleep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I find if I eat before I go to sleep, I wake up more frequently throughout the night. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And my aura picks it up too. So my uh, restlessness or whatever the, <laughs> the, the score is. Um, so in terms of nutrition in general, then like, I'm sure you don't 
you know, prescribe one specific diet for everybody um, because like personalized nutrition is such a part of biohacking. Mm -hmm. But are there certain pillars that you have that you kind of recommend to all clients? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a foundational element that pretty much everyone would agree on and that's stick to whole foods, right? Eat things that are living or once were living. And whenever you have the choice between real food and packaged food, choose real food. I think that will get most people um, pretty far. Um, and then I think paleo is a good place to start because that eliminates some of the inflammatory foods. A lot of people that I work with do really well by just cutting out gluten and dairy. Um, but it really depends on the quality of that dairy. And even gluten in Europe is different than gluten in the United States, for example, based on the chemicals and the pesticides that we use. Um, so a lot of times people have an allergy to those, to those pesticides, not the gluten itself. Um, so yeah, I think there are a couple of food groups that most people and health experts would agree on, um, gluten, dairy, soy, corn, um, even, even nuts um, in terms of what people most commonly have sensitivities or allergies to. So I, use, I usually start my clients on an elimination diet or cleaning up some of those inflammatory foods out of their diet. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's really individual. I look at things like ancestry. Um, so where are they from in the world, right? I think that plays a big part in what their digestive system can handle. Then I also take a look at things um, other than ancestry, like what are their goals? What's their lifestyle like? What's their blood type? That also has a pretty big role, uh, plays a pretty big role in what their diet can look like. Um, so yeah, there's all of these different elements that I take into perspective. Um, and the diet that works for you might not work for me. So I think that's a big, a big part of this whole puzzle. And then understanding that there are some common principles like the ones I mentioned um, about eating whole foods and eating things that are living or once we're living. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, totally. Do you find that your recommendations or your clients are like chronic dieters? Like they're always trying the latest thing? Because that's what I find sometimes is, you know, keto was so big and now carnivore is becoming a thing. And it's almost like people are just hopping on these extreme diets without really understanding foundational nutrition like you just described. Yeah, I think I think that's a huge um, area of interest is people ask me, what do you think about going plant-based? What do you think about the keto diet? And I, I really just tell them um, the key is the quality of the food you're eating, right? Um, and I like to tell people you are what you eat ate. So if you're eating a cow, for example, what did that cow eat? Was it raised on um, corn feed and artificially made, um, you know, meal? Or was it fed its natural diet of grass and insects? And I think that plays a huge factor into the quality of the food that you're eating. Um, so I, I tell people that, you know, if it's a diet that you only can sustain for a month, what's the point of doing it? right? If it's, if it's not something you could sustain for years to come, then I don't really think there's, you know, a, a purpose in yo-yoing your weight up and down uh, month after month by trying these no, new diets. So the key with everything that I preach is that it has to be sustainable change. And if it's a diet that you feel is restrictive and you can't keep it up, then, you know, it's, it's just not going to work. So anytime I work with someone, I, I want to make sure that what I'm prescribing them is much more than a diet and it's a complete lifestyle upgrade. Yeah, I love that. That's yeah, that's smart. That's that's actually what works, right? Is like long-term changes, like long-term yes. solutions. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, but, but yeah, that, that's a good question. Cause always there, you know, people are asking me, what do you think about keto? What do you think about plant-based? Mm-hmm. It really just depends on the person, their goals and you know, how much they want to jump into it. But, but I think there's so many foundational elements that people should understand before they go into choosing a diet, especially one as extreme as keto or the carnivore diet, right? There's so many extremes out there. Yeah. I almost find when I explain exactly what you said to clients, they, as much as they like love it and they're interested, it's not as, I guess, like, not like sexy is the word, but it's not like this extreme diet for them to go on. I'm like, just eat real food. It's kind of like boring. You know what I mean? It's like the classic, like real answer. And I, and it's almost like people don't want to hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People do want that, you know, that sexy answer. That's like, okay, you're going to do this diet for six weeks and you're going to be looking and feeling like this after those six weeks. Um, (laughs) And I do give people some sort of like tips and tricks to help get there, expedite progress, whether it's through movement or fasting or adjusting their macros, right? I think that's a big thing is taking a look at your macros. Um, And that's something most people haven't done before that I work with. Um, But the macros are completely different from person A to person B, right? Because some people might be able to metabolize fat better than others. Some people might run really well on carbs. So I think that that's also custom too. And, and I think that takes a little bit of trial and error. So I think setting the groundwork up front and letting them know that, hey, we might have to you know rework this diet in a few weeks based on how you feel. I think that's important. But the key is that if you're a client of mine, I just want to make sure you're motivated and that you're willing to change. And once you are, then you know we'll find success somehow. Um, it might take a month. It might take six months. Um, but all of my clients have seen really, really great success. And the key is just giving them those expectations in the beginning um, that I'm not a lose 30 pounds in a month type of person. That's not my sell to people. Even though I've had clients lose 50 pounds in two months, I've had people lose 20 pounds in two weeks. Um, but that's not really how I sell my, my programs or my packages. I want to make it long term and sustainable. Right. And so is your approach to supplementation the same as nutrition um, in the way that it's just personal and you have to figure it out, trial and error type of idea? Yeah, yeah, I agree that some people need other supplements. It depends on your diet, right? If you're a vegan, you're definitely going to need vitamin B12, iron, folate, essential amino acids, all those things that vegans are typically deficient in. So that's why it's really important to think through the plan that you want to go on Um, And not just jump into an extreme diet without really knowing all the ins and outs of it, right? And how it's going to affect your body. So I do think supplements are kind of one of those things that it's very customized. But I also do think there's a couple of supplements. I call them the core four. They're on my website, on my shop page. Um, And I think those can benefit most people. Um, And they are vitamin D, right? Your body needs that to to produce hormones, to, to even balance your mood. To, to increase testosterone or even to produce normal amounts of testosterone. Um, the other one's magnesium. That's responsible for over 300 processes in the body. So magnesium is super important. Um, and then fish oil and a probiotic. And I think those are kind of the core four that if you have nothing else and you just start with those, um, it can only help you in terms of balancing your energy and your gut microbiota. Um, So I think those are a good place for most people to start. And then from there, I add in 
or subtract supplements based on, you know, lifestyle, diet, goals, all those things. Yeah, I love that. The core four. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, do you have a couple that you take or that you recommend your clients take? Yeah, I mean, I would say pretty similar to you and what you've said. I mean, in the winter in Canada, I'm like based in Vancouver. Um, vitamin D is so important. Like mm-hmm. we do not get enough sunshine, so that is a big, big thing. Um, and but it's also like looking at your food. What food sources are you getting on vitamin D? Um, so it all kind of goes together. And I do agree with the personalized approach. Um, I also love recommending a B complex, like vitamin B complex, yep. especially with stress and busy mm-hmm. people. They go through vitamin B so much faster, and they just need the neurotransmitter brain support that B vitamins really provide. So. Yeah, I would say like fish oil, vitamin D, B vitamin complex is a great place to start. Mm, and, mag- yeah. and yeah, magnesium, like you said as well, just to calm you down. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think yeah. we're in a, we're in alignment on those, and then and then you can add in other other supplements for recovery, right? If it's an athlete, or um, if it's someone trying to put on some muscle, then I kind of customize, add things like creatine, essential aminos. Um, maybe even if it's someone with arthritis, then I'm going to add in anti-inflammatories like turmeric, curcumin, um, all sorts of other things. But yeah, I think supplements are just kind of a bonus um, on top, the cherry on top, if you will, right? Your diet should be providing you the main amount, the main sufficient amount of vitamins, right? If, if you're relying on a multivitamin to get all of those things, then I think you're doing something wrong in your diet. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's to supplement the diet. It's, it doesn't replace food. Um, and it doesn't mm-hmm. replace quality nutrition. So I, I totally Absolutely. agree. With yeah. 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 So where can our listeners find you and tell us about how you work with your clients and the programs that you have out? Yeah. Um, so they can find me on my website at thelivingfuel.com or on my Instagram handle, which is at the living fuel. So that's the easiest place to find me, DM me or message me directly on my contact page on my website. And what I really do with my clients, as I mentioned before, is I help clients find what fuels them. So that's my company's name is The Living Fuel. And I believe everyone has a source of inner fuel. And if that tank is on empty, then you're not going to function and you're not going to perform at your highest level. And that's, that's what I really find passion is doing is helping people perform their best, whether it's in the relationship whether it's at work, whether it's in sports, um, whatever that game that they're playing every day might be, I love helping people just optimize their life. And I love doing it through biohacking and through all the things that we talked about, sleep, fasting, nutrition, recovery. Um, There's so many more hacks that we didn't even get to touch on that I'd love to do in another episode with you. Um, But I I just like customizing um, people's routines. And it all starts with your daily routine. And then from there, um, that translates into much bigger success. So every person that I work with is completely customized, whether it's a business or an individual. Um, And I have a lot of fun with my clients, and I I like to really build strong relationships with them. And uh, like I said, it's all about finding what fuels them and doing that in a sustainable way. So that way, it's something that they can, you know, maintain for years and years to come, and it doesn't feel restrictive. 
Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and just like sharing so much. This was such a great episode. Yeah, Brittany, thank you for having me. I look forward to, to more conversations in the future and, and uh, hopefully I'll have my own podcast up maybe by the end of this year and I'll, I'll interview you to get some of your tips and tricks as well. Yeah, I would love that. That sounds great. Awesome. Thanks again for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.